You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. This show is sponsored by Kingdom Builders Live. I want to tell you about Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy because I did something very unusual. I actually went to them and asked them to sponsor this podcast. The reason I did that is because of the amazing results that they've been getting for everyday Christians over the last five years, turning them into best-selling authors, high-ticket coaches, and successful public speakers. If you're looking to make your first 100K as a writer, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur, I give my highest recommendation to Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy. I've personally gone through her training and I hired her to be my coach to help me get to the next level in my business. Now, Tamara Lowe is a New York Times bestselling author and has worked with world leaders like George Bush, Billy Graham, Colin Powell, Mother Teresa, Peyton Manning, and many more. She is recognized as the number one expert in teaching Christians how to increase their income, impact, and influence. Now, coming up very soon, Tamara is putting on a free three-day live online event called Kingdom Builders Live that will show you how to go from zero to six figures in as little as 12 weeks as an author, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur. You can get all the details and register for free at www.kingdombuildersevent.com. And when you use that link to register for free, Tamara has even agreed to send you a free copy of her best-selling book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your God-Given Purpose. This is something she is doing exclusively for my listeners of this show. So register now for Kingdom Builders Live and get a free copy of Tamara Lowe's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. Listen, if you've ever wanted to write best-selling books, impact lives as a public speaker, launch your own coaching program, create online courses, or start an online business, then your next best step is to register for Kingdom Builders Live, a free three-day live online event. You could grab your free ticket now 
and get a free copy of Tamara's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. That's kingdombuildersevent.com. And now on to today's show. Today, my featured guest is Tony and Francis Pappalardo. How Italian can you get here, people? Now, they lived in New York, you know, here in the USA, if you can imagine, with their son, Vincent, daughter, Emerson, and dog, Grizzly. Wow, sounds fierce. Together, they turned an idea to help others live better lives into the Customize Your Life movement. Now, as entrepreneurs, Tony and Francis built a highly successful business. They're in the seven figures that has made them in-demand speakers at events around the world and frequent guests on leadership, personal growth, and self-help podcasts. I'm not even sure what type of podcast mine is anymore, other than hopefully valuable to you. Now, as certified performance coaches, they've helped people eliminate millions, eliminate millions of dollars in debt restore broken relationships, that's what I do, and build their own businesses. They co-founded the initiative Operation Impact, which has raised over half a million dollars to fund initiatives both domestically and internationally, equipping and empowering more than 2,000 volunteers in just three short years. They've served as advisors for two nonprofit organizations. They've occasionally taken on the role of cultural transformation consultants, and for major corporations. Now, listen, they're up to something great. They took this idea of customize your life. We're going to hear all about it today. And they turned it into this movement. Now, if you're interested, you may put your hand up and say, Francis, put me in, put me in coach. Now, Francis is on the show today. Unfortunately, her husband could not uh, show up today. She'll explain maybe why, but Francis Papalardo, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead, take 60 seconds, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I am uh, just want to say real quick, I am so honored to be here. I've uh, really feel this has been a godsend. We were vibing a little bit on that before, and I'm just so thankful to be sharing with you and the audience today. Um, so yeah, to fill in any gaps, you did a great job, but um, we've, yeah, we're, we're in that space. We're in the coaching and mentoring space, and we've been doing it for a while now. Um, and it's just been something that you know, has been our driving force and, and our mission for our life and what we do. Um, fill in any fun gaps. We love to surf. We love to, we love to play. We, we're just, we're just recreational fun people um, that love to blend our life with our work. And we were actually recently with Richard Branson on Necker Island and something that I took away from him that I'm applying to uh, my life is he said, there's no difference between, uh, I, I wanted there to be no difference between my work and my life, it's all just an expression of who I am. So with mm. our bio, that's why you have our dog Grizzly in there because it matters. <laughs> Grizzly <laughs> matters, our, folks. Grizzly matters because he's she's part of our life and uh, our work and it all just blends together. So I um, love it. You know, work-life integration. There's no such thing as balance, right? Because then you're in constant mm. battle with each other. One's got to give, you got to take and steal, borrow from this side. And it's like most people choose money over the, the relationships, right? That's why they get mm. all these broken relationships. Then they end up broke, alone, and miserable and divorced, right? Like that's the right. outcome. That's the yeah. outcome. So Francis, let's get into today's show here. Take a minute, share something personal about you. There are very few people in your business life actually know. 
Mm, well, I would say, um, I would say, first of all, I'm very, 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 very open uh, with people in our business. That is part of the nature of our business is vulnerability. We really believe in building the bridge of relationship to bear the weight of truth. That's one of the principles we teach. And so you can't build the bridge of relationship unless you're willing to be vulnerable. So there's actually very, very few things, Joe, that I think my, uh, my personal business um, people don't know about me. I'm introverted by nature, although I'll get up and speak in front of thousands of people. I am introverted by nature, but I, I, I find the extrovert in me to get out in the crowd and to show love and, um, and be that change that I kind of want to see in the world. So I can't hide in my introvertedness. I was um, made fun of as a kid. So I think that's something that's shocking and surprising for a lot of people when they see the confidence I've been able to build over the years, um, that that's part of my story. Um, but, you know, something very real we're going through right now that a lot of people are aware of, uh, but maybe don't know all of the details is that uh, the reason my husband's not on the show today. So if, do you mind if I share a little bit of that? Right Please now? do. I love I real. That- I love authentic because it takes away my listeners excuse to not show up powerfully in their own life or business. So please mm. go for it. I love that. I love that. So uh, my husband was supposed to join us today, um, but he's been on what's close to now being a one-year journey with cancer. Uh, started in June of 2020. Um, he was diagnosed with testicular cancer, which as many of our viewers might be familiar, it's a very curable form of cancer. Um, so it was one of those things where it's like, hey, it happens, but we've got this. And it sent us on a little bit of a journey. And we thought, yeah, it'll be done in a few months is for most, right? And here we are. What's this month? We're it's June now, right? June, June one, just yeah. June first of twenty twenty one, and we're still on the journey. Um, and he he's gone through traditional standard of care, and they're deeming him non response to traditional chemo. Um, so he's been sent into that other statistic that we're not going to give too much life to um, of the testicular cancer patient, you know, um, pool. I guess you would say. So we are, we found ourselves in Arizona. We've relocated here. We actually kind of started our journey here and now we're back and we're um, pursuing some uh, alternative, more t- targeted approaches, more genetically, uh, genetically specific approaches to chemotherapy and, and the regimen that he's going to receive here. Because just because he didn't respond to the blanketed approach doesn't mean that there's not a response that he will receive that will work for him and his body that's customized, which is what our whole, our whole business and our whole life is about is customizing your life. So we're getting to customize his personal cancer fight right now, his journey. Um, But I think, I think this has sent us into a new stratosphere of vulnerability with our business, with our community, um, with anybody that knows us. And so I think, I think something that may be interesting for, or shocking for, folks to hear that do know us right now is just um, just this, the severity of the situation and where we're at. Now, we're not fearful about it. We're not, uh, we, we are people of faith. We, we stand on a, a mightier God than cancer um, that we know is, is going to take this enemy down. And we know that um, the enemy's for sure going to regret the day that it, he ever pointed this sword at my husband, but it's a journey. And maybe we had to go on this journey to transform us as leaders, as entrepreneurs, to take our business and our influence to the next level. Um, 
you know, and a different, more centered approach now, mm. if you know what I mean. So uh, I think, um, I think just the severity of the situation, we don't like to talk about it a lot, Joe, because um, we just don't like to give it life. You know, we like to just, we just like to focus on the victory ahead. Yeah. Um, but it is, but it is a unique crossroads. And I think it's um, a very interesting conversation. That's, it could bring up a lot of questions about traditional standard of care and, and just sort of that blanketed approach to healthcare versus, you know, uh, some of the other alternative approaches that are out there that um, might make more sense for some people. So. Francis, thank you for sharing so openly the adversity that you're facing right now, not just in your life, but in your business as well. I mean, mm. your husband's your business partner, right? And uh, 100%. here he is, you know, just kind of um, having to be stretched uh, in other areas of focus right now, uh, which puts a lot back on you, on your shoulders. And you said off, uh, off camera, so to speak, that uh, you are now, you now find yourself in the role of caregiver as mm. well, a role you never thought would be part of your reality, but yet here you are. So your caregiver, your mother, your wife, uh, your business owner of a seven figure business, like, where do you get the capacity to show up in all these areas effectively? Mm. Well, there's only one answer to that. <laughs> and I know, uh, I know we have a variety of mosaic of viewers that are probably listening with all different belief systems. Um, but I, my, my capacity now only comes from God. I reached my limit. <laughs> I reached my personal limit. You know, I thought that, I, I've sort of been a DIY person my whole life. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Use a little bit of God on the side, but do it yourself. You know. Hey, hey, you Francis, <laughs> are you a little control freak, just like me and the rest of my audience? Just a little bit. Just a little um, bit. Got it. Please continue. No, on paper, I actually am. We do uh, these temperament analysis with uh, with the folks that come into our program, of in depth dive into their innate inborn temperament and there's three categories that show up on your temperament test and it's your inclusion which is how you are socially your control and your affection and on in the control category i'm what they would call a choleric for anybody that knows the terminology choleric um, temperament yep yep and i'm uh, off the scale i'm a i'm a level you know 10 plus plus now a lot <laughs> of cholerics for you listeners out there listening if you're unfamiliar cholerics tend to be ceos of large companies because mm -hmm. when they apply that control freak uh <laughs> aptitude <laughs> um to business we're highly effective in business unfortunately we could be very harmful in our relationships at home yep it's a yep. two-edged sword isn't it wouldn't you agree francis Absolutely. We can dive a little bit more into that if you want. I think it's fascinating. I agree. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. So let's just cover that just for a second here. Sure. How have you learned to bring down your little control freak in order to show up? Well, now for your husband, for your, for your kids, um, for the business, right. That, that he's absent from maybe here and there, like, mm how did you learn to give up that control? Cause that's the most difficult thing for choleric mm. temperaments is to give up control. It Cause it's the very source of life in us. It is. It's the, it's at our core of how we operate. Our operating system is 
run off of this choleric energy and temperament and and in my inclusion and my affection category i'm melancholy so if you know the choleric and the melancholy those those two temperaments are not super highly relational um so being in the role of a caregiver or a mom or a wife you know not having any of the other temperament blends like a sanguine or a supine or some of the other blends it, it may it can make me it, sort of like this it'd be like having a the choleric think of the choleric like a general you know mm -hmm. like a military general and then the melancholy is kind of like an accountant they're they're making sure so you have this general who's driving the ship and then you have the little accountant right behind them like making sure everything's done perfectly so it can be a real blended up nightmare if you're not operating from what i like to say a healed place yes. and that's what that's what i found with working people with their temperaments is you know, you might be listening to this and say, wow, she must be crazy to live with. Uh, yes, I could be, but because I've healed different various parts of myself, my emotional wounds, I've pulled back layers of conditioning. I'm now able to operate from a much more healed place. And in my faith, a place where I'm operating more uh, from a Christ-centered perspective, where he's working through me and I'm able to uh, really lay myself, lay my life down in a sense, remove my ego, let down my flesh, say, this is how I want to do it, but I know your way is better. And, and yeah, it, Joe, it is hard when you, when you're, when you're wired this way. And I have a feeling what's your temperament because you're, you're smiling a lot. Are you cleric in control as well? So I, I uh, you know, you're born with a certain uh, primary and secondary temperament, right? Uh, we're yeah, all four, yeah. we're just different percentages. Everyone's all four of the of them. So I was born uh, phlegmatic, which is the peacemaker, easygoing, yeah. right? And then and sanguine, right? Um, however, at 19 years old, my first business, I'm doing $2 million. I got 50 employees. They're running over me, steamrolling me, controlling me, and it wasn't working. So I had to learn and develop my choleric, uh, which I got very good at very quickly. And then mm -hmm. I was able to build a very successful company around that. Um, but now it's, I've learned to turn it on and off like a, a light switch. So I could mm -hmm. go full cleric in the absence of real leadership. Um, mm -hmm. I will step right in and run that ship. No, without mm -hmm. question. But I also saw that too much choleric uh, destroyed relationships in my life mm -hmm. uh, big time because I tended to be a little control freak dictator uh, type. The dictators of the world tend to be choleric, melancholic combos. Uh, it's a very dangerous, volatile combination. <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> on not becoming a dictator. Uh, well done, Francis. Yay, me. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, Startup Nation, we're not going to go any further with the temperaments. If you want to learn more, mm -hmm. speak with Francis about it or go do your own research. It's been instrumental for me and in my own inner work that I've done. It sounds like, Francis, it's been that way for you. Uh, and it's very important for you, Startup Nation as an entrepreneur to really understand your temperament. What is that pre-wiring that you're constantly fighting against that is your default switch? And mm -hmm. learning how to harness that and, and, and be helpful with it rather than hurtful or harmful to others, including yourself. All right, so let's move forward here, Francis. So you, you're going through adversity right now. 
right? You guys are kicking butt in business. It's awesome. You got this community. How did you build the community though? Cause that's my listeners selfishly. They're like, I'm really inspired right now, Francis. And I'm so sorry you're going through what you're going through, but can you give me your three tips and strategies, please? Cause I'm a little selfish control freak myself and I want to build my business <laughs> and grow it faster. Okay. And they're going through yeah. their own struggle. We all have their own struggle. So uh, sure. let's go there real quick. What are your top three tips and strategies for startup nation? Um, to cross their 100K mark. Maybe they've never hit six figures before. You remember what that was like when maybe mm-hmm. you didn't believe in yourself. You said you had to strip away limiting belief systems. How did you yep. do it? What can they do right now, this week, this month, this year? All right. Well, here's the, here's the first thing that you have to do. I know this is going to sound trite, but you have to know exactly what you're shooting for. Okay. Uh, we work with a lot of people and they have, when they come to the table, they want to start customizing their life, right? So what's the core of customizing your life? It's living a life that's more intentional with your values. It's not the step and repeat. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is no, this is what I feel called to do. This is what I'm inspired to do. This is what I want to do. You have to know exactly what it is you're looking to do specifically. You can't manage what you can't measure. So if you don't know what you're measuring, you don't know what you're doing. You're just, you have this arbitrary lofty goal of, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I want to make a quarter of a million. I want to become a millionaire. I want to become a billionaire. But what does that mean specifically? What are you going to do? And I would aim your target around achieving uh, uh, value-based goals versus monetary goals. Because if it's, if it's a value-based goal first and you just focus on offering value to the world and serving other people, filling needs, finding gaps, filling a space, if you focus on the value of what you're giving, well, I'm, I, I can assure you that the value will come back to you. The monetary value will start to come back to you. So number one, do you know exactly what it is that you want? Do you know exactly what it is that you're doing? Is it value-based? I want to be really clear. It's okay to have a monetary goal attached to it, but that shouldn't be your primary focus. So Francis, I get that. Can you give us an example of what was uh, your and Tony's uh, specific uh, uh, thing that you were shooting for value-based when you started customize your life movement. Absolutely. We, well, first of all, we were in an, in pursuit of customizing our own life and we found some mentors that helped us do that. And as we started on our journey, we said, we really want to help other people do the same thing. We really want to bring people on this journey with us. And so our mission statement was to help other people live better lives. Sounds very simple, but it when it becomes your dedication and your focus, it is it is a very actionable thing to do to help other people live better lives. We wanted to create a lineage of legacy-based leaders that were then going to be doing the same thing. So really create a compounding effect. So we started way back in the day with the goal of just wanting to hit a thousand. A thousand people, thousand entrepreneurs that want to lead better lives, want to customize their life. That was our first measurable goal. Now, how how did you measure that you helped someone improve their life? Like, was there an actual metric for each person? Was it the same? Was it different based on each person's goals? How did you do that? Good question. So, so with a process of what we do, we we sit down with people and we help them define how they want to how they want to customize their life for each person. It's different. So we couldn't say every person that we help hit, you know, $50,000 in extra income or every person that we help pay off 
you know, a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Each person had a different, and that's the whole beauty of customization, right? That each person is made different, thinks different, believes different, wants different. So um, with each person, if we could help them, if we could help a thousand people achieve their goals of customizing their life with paying off their debt mm -hmm. and um, for many establishing an income revenue stream, right? So that they can bring in more income. Um, if we can help a thousand people do those two things initially this is how we started there's more to it now but um then we felt hey that would be our first that would be our first major milestone there were okay. minimal there were smaller milestones along the way yep and by the way it's important to have those and celebrate those um but that was our first major milestone marker all right so startup nation i hope that question was helpful to you because i think francis francis gave great insight there that they got very clear and specific on two metrics they were going to help people improve in their life, which was eradicating debt and increasing, creating a new revenue stream in their life. Mm -hmm. And if they were able to achieve one or both of those, I'm guessing they helped improve that person's life. Their goal was to do that 1000 times for 1000 people. And, and, and that specifically is how you built this, this empire. I could see that working and, and mm -hmm. I get why that worked. Okay. So I think I, I know for myself, I've forgotten to do things like that before when I started uh, companies where I wasn't very clear. I was just like, I gave this general statement, I'm going to help impact all these lives. Well, what does impact actually look like in someone's mm -hmm. life? How do you know you help them achieve the result? How do you know you both had a victory? Should you even celebrate? If you're not clear on the target, as you said, Francis, then you don't know. It's, it's just, it's ambiguous, right? All right. What's your uh, number two top tip or strategy for Startup Nation? So number two uh, is principle-based. People are your most appreciable asset. I want to throw that one out there since we're in the digital age and it's easy to make money online and it's easy to, you know, not easy. I shouldn't say that. It's, it's, it, there can be fast track ways of figuring out click funnels and doing all of these things online. But at the end of the day, if you don't have relationships with people, whether it's your tech people, it's people behind the scenes, it's your clients. If you don't have people that you're investing into, I personally don't believe that you're building a business that's meant to last because mm. we don't build businesses. We build people and the people build the businesses. That's how we look at our, that our work, right? So we don't focus on, we're going to help them build this thing. In fact, we will, they'll do it way better than we could ever do right? Because they're the one that they're meant to do it. We're not meant to build their That's business. Right. They're meant to build their business. So we invest in them as people and then they build the businesses. So um, <clears throat> for those of you, whether you have online business, whether you have uh, in-person business, whatever it is that you do, make sure that you're, and this is coming from a choleric melancholy, <laughs> a very uh, non-relational temperament. Although um, I have conditioned and developed many other sides of myself, but um, the point is if you're not investing in people, you're missing the boat. If you're just trying to move the levers, click the buttons, flip the switches, but you're not investing in the people that are behind the switches, behind the buttons, behind the levers, it's not built to last. So relationships are key. Ask yourself, what are the top things I'm doing every day to invest in the people 
that make my business, whether that's them working for your business or it's your clients, what are you doing to invest into them as people? Mm. So I really get that. I'm just going to summarize in my own word, Startup Nation, build people, not outcomes and results, even for Mm. those people, like build the people, like you build them up, they'll get the outcomes and results, right? It's part of their vision, their calling, et cetera. All right. I like that a lot. Francis, what's your number three tip and strategy here? What you got? Number three, think scalable. You want to think in terms of with every thing that we're doing, is this scalable, right? I'm assuming that the listeners of this podcast, they want to go big, right? Um, your first hundred K you guys are thinking first hundred K, but when's the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one, right? You guys are very big thinkers and big dreamers, which is wonderful. You want to think scalable. The number one mistake that we find that most business owners make that they bring us in to consult for them. They bring us in to coach them. The number one mistake that they make is they don't think scalable. So they make decisions based upon what they can do now with them and a client interaction or the particular situation that they have, but they don't think on a macro level, well, I have 50 clients now, but what happens when I have a thousand? What happens when I have 10,000? What happens when I have a hundred thousand? Is the metric or the really is the system that you're installing today, one that can be used on the next hundred, on the next thousand and the next hundred thousand and still sustain. If it is made just for what you have today, it's going to be very difficult to then scale that business. So we think we, you know, we always uh, challenge the people that we consult and coach to really think on a more scalable level. And that's really just thinking on a macro level versus a micro level. I can really see that as being the, one of the number one challenges you get to see it with business owners for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, being in this constant reaction mode to just what's happening right here, right now. That's all some people see. They can't see past it. And you're saying, no, you must see past it. If you want to create a sustainable business, uh, create processes now that not only work for, uh, what's happening in front of you, but are going to, it's going to work 10 X what's happening Mm -hmm. in front of you as well. Okay. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. And we really like to think like, how can we work ourselves out of the equation? Yeah which is an interesting question. (laughs) If you were to ask yourself, how can I work myself out of my own business equation? Oh my, wait a minute, but my business is supposed to revolve around me. Is I am so important. Do you have any (laughs) idea how important I am? Like I am so needed. I need to feel needed. (laughs) Like, and, and that's exactly why you're staying small startup nation. Yeah. Is that kind of mindset. It's the wrong mindset. It's very self-centered rather than other centered. Yes. Yes. We tell our people, look, you should be better than we are. We, and why, why should they be better than we are? Because we get to lend our experience. We get to lend our wisdom. We get to pass on the things that we've learned. So they should be able to take it, grab it, digest it, metabolize it quicker than we did. Why? Because we lived it. So we can give you 10 plus years. You can take that and digest it in a few months, a year. Maybe it takes you three years to digest it but that should give you at least a three-year ramp up on us. And we want you to be better than we ever were. And to us, that's the idea of success. And we want, because we want our business to, we want our business to carry on after we're gone. We, we, we don't want our business to 
to live and die with us. That's not what it's about. If that's the case, then it was all about Tony and Francis. And that's, that's not the idea. We don't want it to be about Tony and Francis. It's about the people that we serve, the community that we've built together. And so if you think about it that way and you really invest in equipping, empowering and building up the people that work for you or with you, however you look at it, um, then now you're talking about really building a legacy-based uh, legacy lineage business that's going to outlast you. And um, I believe that should be the goal for anybody, right? Because we, you, you know, it, we think about the generations that we're raising on behind us. If you have kids, if you, you know, it, you, you want to build something of true value that's going to continue to serve the world for as long as it can serve it, whether you're here or not. For all you kingdom entrepreneurs out there, you Christian entrepreneurs, listen, this is the model of the master himself, Jesus, that, that Francis is talking about. He said, even greater miracles than these that you've seen me do, you're going to go do. I'm teaching you to do even more than me, right? It's, and that's, that, that's the exact same model. So I believe that's why it works, Francis. Well done. Well done. <laughs> okay. Francis, what have we not shared that you think it's critical for Startup Nation to hear right now? Uh, maybe it's a mental thing, a mindset, a belief thing that's holding them back. Maybe it's something that really helped held you back or held your husband back. And, and once you got through that, man, you just saw a complete shift in your growth and your revenue for your business. What did, what does startup nation need to hear right now from you? I believe that the challenge with most entrepreneurs, Joe is consistency. And I know you guys have heard this before, like, oh, consistency. I've written that down a hundred times. Okay. Well, listen up real quick. Everybody just dropped it's, their pens. <laughs> it's, it is the actual secret sauce. It is the actual, what is the key to success? It is, the, it is the actual answer. I used to hear it all the time from leaders, like, and, and different, you know, thought leaders that I'd listen to be like, oh yeah, consistency, just stay on it. Just keep going, just keep going. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, I get it. But I didn't really get it. And and now, and I think one of the reasons why I didn't get it is because I was always consistent. Like personally, I know that sounds, my, my dad raised me to be highly accountable to everything that I did. So I, consistency was something that was built into me from childhood. So I thought, well, there has to be something else. Well, now that I'm on the other side of it and I study entrepreneurs and I study their journey because that's who we're working with. That's who we coach and we consult. I see this just roller coaster of emotion that happens where what a lot of entrepreneurs is they get do is they get really excited and do a lot of work for two, three weeks, a month, maybe six months, whatever. It's a period of time that they do a lot of work and it's this outburst of energy and then they fall down and then they don't do anything. And then they do another burst of energy and then they fall down and then they don't do anything. So it's consistency, hundred percent. So I totally get what Francis is saying, Startup Nation, consistency, consistency. The more I do business, the longer I do business, I also realize it's all about consistency. I don't want it to be about consistency because that takes work and patience, which I am very limited in. And I'm guessing you are as well, but it's the secret sauce. Are you willing to show up and do the same thing that's working over and over again, even if you're not getting the major result yet. 
it's on the way. You just got to keep going. So that's, that's what I want to say to you. All right. So Francis, we're going to wrap up the show. Welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. And listen, we, we get that you got your little baby in the background. So totally understand that. I got a one-year-old. This is part of doing business. And I know all you mommy entrepreneurs out there, sometimes you feel mommy guilt because you got to like leave your kids at home and go to work, but you're doing it for them. Listen, stop beating yourself up. The world already beat you up enough. Give yourself a little grace. Do the best you can. Do it for a, a short amount of time and then uh, create that great life for them. All right. So Francis, here we go. What is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Um, oh gosh. Wow. Three questions, three seconds. Go. Um, favorite thing about being an entrepreneur, leaving a legacy. Yeah. Good answer. What's your least favorite thing? Uncertainty. Yeah. A lot of it for sure. What are you most afraid of? Never not having done enough to mm. accomplish my mission, my calling. Yeah. I get that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. Uh, obviously, you shared some of the struggles that you have right now personally. What are you guys struggling with uh, professionally right now? Maybe in the business, is there a struggle? Mm, um, you know, business for us, is this a three second answer? This isn't, right? Yeah, you just be. used two and a half. You know, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, um, yeah. So it, it's been an interesting year for us with business because of everything my husband's been going through. So um, I think fortunately, in a lot of ways, the business has grown. In other ways, it's fallen back a little bit where our leadership is more required. So it's been an interesting um, release and ebb and flow for us to watch as in terms of you know, letting others lead more. And, and, you know, there's a little bit of what we believe, um, a short term discomfort for a long term greater result when others are learning how to lead. Mm -hmm. um, they have to get their sea legs, you know, you might see a little bit of a fallback, but it's for a long term greater results in the end. So um, removing him more from the equation this past year, I've stepped it up and covered a lot more ground, but I've certainly not been able to do everything. And so I would say that's been the struggle, but again, I don't believe it's a struggle. I believe it's a short-term struggle for a long-term greater result because our I, leaders and the people, and by the way, I say that I call the people that we work with leaders. I believe everybody's mm -hmm. a leader in their you know, own capacity. Um, they're growing stronger. Yeah, for sure. And I get that because that's your third tip and strategy, which is think scalable and get yourself mm -hmm. out of your own business. Well, how do you yeah. do that? Well, you got to trust others that you hired to actually learn and do the thing you hired them for. And right. typically they're only going to hit it eight out of 10 times, even mm. though you choleric woman are capable of hitting 10 out of 10, which I get right. Um, <laughs> so it's really difficult to let go of that baton when you know, they're going to do less performance uh, and less effectiveness than you. But as I learned in business, 80% is good enough. It's actually really good metric in business. Okay. Mm. So, and that 20% is the learning zone, right? That's exactly it. So, if they can hit 80%, hand it over. 
hand yeah. it over. That's the winning formula for all you leaders out there in your business. Stop expecting them to get 90 or a hundred percent of have the way you do it. How, just how you do it. It's an unrealistic expectation. And it's really just a secret way of you avoiding letting go of your own darn business. You little control freaks out there. <laughs> Just to be real with everybody, okay? And I, I'm I'm talking to myself here. What did yeah, you spend yeah, way? Too, yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Way too much. Oh, uh, mm, I don't know if that. Uh, I don't know if that question. Too much time. I don't know if that question totally applies to me. Just because my time taken in so many different ways this past year. So um, I just, you know, I spent a good quality time caring for my family and, um, you know, uh, stepping up my own personal capacity in business and entrepreneurship and, and, and the role in what we do, um, taking on both of our roles in that capacity. So yeah. too much time doing any one thing. Mm. I'm gonna let you off the hook because yeah, no. I get Thanks. that this adversity has <laughs> made you sharpen your priorities for sure. Yeah. I really get that. You What's know what? Maybe too much time watching Coco Melon or Little Angel with my three-year-old. Yeah. I, nah, I think anytime time watching with that the baby. too much. <laughs> yeah, I get that. What secret yeah. fear do you have about people? Oh, um, secret fear about people. I think... Uh, I don't like to, I don't like to claim fears as much in my life, but um, I guess it would be being misunderstood. You know, I never... Uh, I. I guess I would fear sometimes folks misunderstanding me um, more so for them because my intention is never to hurt people, yeah. um, you know, but I might have to speak some truth and I might have to, you know, I'm just always going to, I'm just, I'm just me. I, I'm blunt. I can be, I can get right to the core of things. So, um, but I never yep. intend to hurt anyone. Yeah, I get that. That's been me my whole life. I get it. What do you wish <laughs> you had learned sooner in your business? <clears throat> scalability. Yeah, for sure. What's a new habit you want to create? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get back on the health habit. I've, I've sacrificed a lot of my own personal health, just being a caregiver. So now not I'm allowed. Uh, it's not sustainable. Yes. No. Right. <laughs> what is a no. bad habit you want to break? Uh, I'm cutting out sugar. You know, this isn't a health cod podcast here, but sure it I'm, is. I'm cutting out sugar as much as I can this year. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm doing my own program. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks of hey. this visceral fat people. You know, the over 40 dad bod, that does not work for me. Sorry, it's not part of my yep. vision for myself or my life. Not happening. Yep. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now, I would say resilient. Um. Resilient, steadfast, and uh, faith-filled. Yeah, that's awesome. Pick three words to describe who you are your first year in this business. Mm, insecure. Uh, um, insecure, maybe unrelenting <laughs> with myself and with others. Um, and, uh, you know, unsure. Yeah. I get that. And last question, Francis, if you could come back to life after you die, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, mm. what would you say to them? I'm going to say what my father said to me before he passed away. He said, 
just do your best every day. And he said, I'm not saying that you have to be the best, right? Understand what I'm saying, but do your best every single day. And that stuck with me because I can be a competitor at heart and that's not what it's about. And that's not what life's about. You know, life's about doing your personal best every day. And that might like, that might look different from year one when I didn't have a care in the world and I was starting as an entrepreneur all the way, you know, I, I, my personal best could be at a, in different realms and capacities and margins and lanes. And now my personal best is for my husband, for my child, you know, and for my business. And if I can hit those three things every day, you know, I can put my head on my pillow and go to sleep. I may not be training for a marathon right now. I may not be able to do all the things that I want to do, but let me do my best every single day. And, and that is enough. Amen to that. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about crossing that six figure mark this year? Mm. I just want you to know you can do it. <laughs> you can absolutely do it. Whatever you set your mind to, you can do it, but you have to, it has to become your all consuming focus, whatever it is that you want in life. If it's going to be a, a measurable goal, like we talked about before, it has to become a daily focus for you. It cannot be this roller coaster of ups and downs. It has to be something that you think about every day, you live every day. And like Richard Branson said, your work and your life are just an expression of who you are. So allowing that to blend in a way that's not, yes, it's not all consuming your family. We're not looking for your spouse to get upset with you. But if it just be starts to become a part of who you are and you're living out of your values and you're coming from that whole healed place where your work becomes your mission and you know what you're looking to do and you're living that in all aspects of your life, you can absolutely do anything. All right, Startup Nation, get off your rear end and go get it. Go get it. <laughs> all right, Francis, thank you for being, well, actually, before we go, where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, more about Tony and your journey together, about they want to customize their own life. They like you. They like the way you showed up today. They connect with you. They, there's a bond there. They want to reach out to you. Where did they go? You can go to customizeyour.life. It's not a .com. It's customizeyour.life. You can check us out there. You can check out our philanthropy work at operationimpact.co.co. Um, you can look us up on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. And then you can find everything from there. So I'm Francis Papillardo with an underscore. He's Tony Papillardo with an underscore. And from there, you can see all of our link trees and everything. And you can figure it all out um, from that launching point. So if you do, we thank you in advance. And we'd be humble and honored to connect with you. All right, Francis, thank you. Thank you to your husband, Tony, for lending you to us. You are the customize your life couple. I get it. All right. And thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? 
Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.